Hello, ladies and gentlemen. No joke, this is attempt number three. Last time I did a solid hour all the way through without any issues, without stopping, and I can't even get the intro done for this one. For those of you that have not listened to last week's episode, I highly suggest that you go back and listen to it, write down notes. I will not be covering that material again in this episode. It's just far too much information. Last week was an hour I'm trying to condense this down to less than that. I will likely not be successful, but I will try. With that said, um, today we'll be talking about mostly dieting. We talked about why I prefer flexible dieting on last week's episode. Not that it's the best, not that it doesn't have its own negative downsides, which are basically having to track calories. I hope today to to give you a little bit of workaround on those things, but ultimately, there's no way around it at a certain level. Hopefully, you guys have last week's podcast in the back pocket or have listened to it again. That way you understand a lot of those concepts. And I highly suggest, once again, write things down because this information today is even far more critical to the overall success of your program than anything else. Before we get into the nitty gritty, let me reiterate, it is up to you to find a training and workout protocol that benefits your lifestyle, your goals, that fits in your time frames, that also allows you to do a diet without necessarily injuring yourself. Look for something with a good pace to it. What I mean by that is a good structure that is that is people that people like, that people understand, that you can get into. It's so hard to do something like this because I'm doing it, quite frankly, on the easiest medium possible, an audio-only medium, where I'm not necessarily training you. Therefore, it's up to you to figure out a training protocol that you like. It's up to you to figure out the proper techniques within that training protocol. It's up to you to figure out the things that you need to do to give you a proper leg up in this program. Once again, like we talked about last week, injuries, and setbacks are like two steps back from the one step you took going forward. Be aware of that. Take some ownership. And if you really want this bad enough, you're going to put in the work. Right? There was times where I was charging people to do dieting only because I knew then they had some level of skin in the game. When they weren't doing paying for things, they didn't have skin in the game. And that told me they didn't care about it enough and they would make a lot of mistakes and slip up a lot. So with all of that being said, let us talk about nutrition a little bit. We talked about micronutrients last week. If you look at a nutritional label, it's usually the section under the thick black bar at the very bottom. Cover your bases on those. We won't be talking about those very much, if any at all. I would just highly suggest that you take some multivitamins, take maybe some D3, cover your bases by trying to get a variety of nutritious stuff constantly. If we're talking about 
uh, vegetables, get a variety of colors. If we're talking about proteins, get a variety of proteins. That's the best case scenario. But with lifestyle and stubbornness, we don't always do that. I just suggest that you cover your bases. And when possible, get some blood work done. If you can get some blood work done throughout this process, you'll be far more competent to do and make changes as needed when your diet doesn't give you the thing that you need out of it, right? If you're one of these folks who's gonna be consistent eating the same thing over and over and over and you can do it without getting tired, then be aware of that, but also consider maybe getting some blood work done. Fit it in around the time of your annual checkup if you have those, because then you can get a good idea of where your blood is and, and, and put in what you need that you're not getting that you're low and deficient on. Today, we'll be focusing on the macronutrients and the overarching calories in, calories out debate, or the overarching calories is what I'm really trying to say. So let's start with the basic one. So when we're talking about macronutrients, some of you pull out a food item with a label on it. We'll look it over. You have calories as like the top item. It's a big number that everybody kind of focuses on, right? Calories. Then you have the usually bolded items are your fats, your total carbohydrates, your, pro your proteins. Those are the three items that we really want to focus on. So for the sake of time, I'm going to just go over the three macronutrients that we're really focusing on, their benefits, the caloric intake of, of a gram of each generally, and then we're going to talk about beginning dieting protocols. So let's start with protein. Protein is one of the more important ones. What I mean by that is it's important 100% because it ties into your training, but also it's important because once you set it, you can kind of forget about it and it has tremendous benefits all the way around. Why do we want protein? Well, the idea is not that we want protein. We want the complete amino acids that are contained within the proteins. Those things are what's really important. With that being said, I've always been fascinated on the idea of consuming branched-chain amino acids endogenously through some sort of powder and replacing protein to see if that actually does the same thing as you just eating protein on its own. Never done the test, never can't recommend doing it. I've just been fascinated on it. But what I mean to say is, ultimately, that's what your body needs is those amino acids. And when you talk about somebody who's a vegan athlete or a vegan person, they have to do special things to get complete amino acids. Because there's a, without getting too much into the, 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 the details here, without getting into the weeds, because otherwise it's going to be another hour, you need a certain combination of amino acids and you need a certain types of them. There's multiple types and you need a certain combination of them. And so if you don't get them, which you won't on a pure vegetable diet you have to supplement with the ones you're not getting. Meats typically are complete proteins and have all the amino, amino acids in them, and so therefore you're gonna get what you need and not have to really worry about the semantics of it. So, why do we want amino acids and or proteins? For a number of different reasons. First and foremost, protein synthesis. We, we touched upon this on the last podcast. Protein synthesis is important for a number of different reasons. When your body gets a certain level of protein, it can vary by people, but when it gets a certain amount of protein, your body goes into this ramp-up mode of producing muscle. What I mean by that is, as you tax your body and your body needs to adapt, 
your body will ramp up if it has if it has enough protein in its system it'll say oh this crazy person is trying to do crazy things we need to adapt so they don't kill us so let us build some muscle and that only happens when your body is in a protein synthesis position and that only happens when you eat plenty of protein and that only happens when you have the complete amino acids right you're with me here so why is that why is that helpful number of different reasons more muscle means a higher caloric intake that's necessary to maintain that body weight that combination of muscle fats proteins waters in your body you, the more the bigger you are for sure the higher calorie caloric intake you need you're going to need that because it, what you ultimately really want to do is push that as high as you can without it being burdensome right if you're one of these pro bodybuilders it's like 210 pounds Oh, hold on, let me backtrack. If you're one of these bodybuilders, like 300 pounds, and you're 5'8", right, and you got 300-pound frame with a whole bunch of muscle on you, you need to eat probably like 20,000 calories. But at that level, let's face it, your body's pretty unfunctional. My point to this is saying, also, you're not going to get there without drugs. My point to saying all this is just saying, be aware that the more calories you can put on, the more muscle you can put on, the easier time you're going to have living your lifestyle with a body that's functioning like a well-oiled machine and burning a lot of calories. You get to eat more, you get to enjoy life a little bit more, stress out a little less about dieting, right? That's why you want the higher muscle. That's why you want protein synthesis. It's a, it's a, it's a chain effect here. Another benefit of higher protein is that the satiation effect, you're going to be Far more, what that means basically is a, it's a fancy word of saying you're going to be far fuller, easier. So the more protein you eat, because it's so heavy and dense, you get full, right? Try, if you're starving, try eating two T-bone steaks. You're going to be far fuller than if you're eating a little tiny piece of meat with a big bowl of pasta, and then you're sitting there and you're like unlimited breadsticks at, at uh at uh, Olive Garden, right? I can tear up some of those breadsticks. Give me those breadsticks and salad. Man, I can eat like six bowls of those things and I'm like, cool. No, I'm not. I'm good on the entrees. But at the same time, I just had a shit ton of oil and, and breadsticks. But anyways, I digress. My point to saying is you're going to stay fuller longer. So the benefit in that is that as you diet down and your caloric intake lessens and your body is still expected to have a high output, that satiation is key. It's very, very important. Because there's nothing like feeling hungry and knowing you can't eat because you're, you're focused on your goals. That's, that's a mind fuck. So you never want to get there. Not, not, not to the point where you're feeling like you're starving. And the final kind of important one I want to touch base on is because like we talked about eating those t-bone steaks when you eat those t-bone steaks and they sit in your stomach you know those t-bone steaks are tough you're using a steak knife to break through that dang thing right it's not the equivalent of mashed potatoes when your body hits your your stomach your stomach acid hits the mashed potatoes i'm sure they break down relatively quickly they're a simple carbohydrate so it's far different than a steak. A steak is tough. It's meaty. It's a lot of dense mass. So it takes your body a long time to break it down. Some people, when they eat a lot of meat, you get them, you hear the, the, of this meat sweat thing that they have, right? And what's happening there is your body is turning up 
your 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 body temperature because it's working so much harder to break down that meat. I personally don't get meat sweats, but I know people that do. My point to saying this is that as we talked about in the last episode, just the function of your body increasing the body temperature in order to break down that food is an additional caloric burn. So when we talk about each of these things and how many calories per gram you're eating, while protein and carbohydrates are typically four calories per gram of consumption, average, asterisk there, but that's just a good starting point, it's far more beneficial to eat the protein because of the satiation, but also because you're getting like a twofer. You're getting to eat and stay full, but you're also getting to, to your body's just more efficient. It's, it's heating up to burn these extra calories. So it's almost like your body's working harder to burn the calories you're consuming, which benefits you overall. This is why keto is such a crazy good dieting style, not my kind of thing, but it's crazy good because once you're in ketosis, this process of, of breaking down um, meat and then also helping you use it for, for, um, for uh, energy, you know, your body is just rocketing and you're, you're fuller because you can eat a whole bunch of meat. You're also far more um, prone to just burn these calories and you don't have that supposed energy drop when it comes to carbohydrates. Now, I can't speak to keto too much because I haven't done it personally, and I'm speaking to all of you with my personal experiences. Um, so I, the, the, the concern for me would be your, your blood work when you're doing something like keto. Some people say it's great and your body adapts, which is awesome, but I can't speak to it. Back to my point. So when we're talking about, um, while we're on the topic of ketos, let me break something down really quickly. Some people are wondering like, well, if you're not eating carbohydrates on a keto diet, um, what, how, how does the body function? As we talked about in a previous episode, bodies will adapt to everything as much as possible, right? This is why you'll see very starving kids in Africa. They're very, very, very skinny, very sad image of a child that's, that's that skinny, right? But they haven't died because their body's metabolism is adapting to a far less caloric intake. And so your body's constantly adapting. That's what your body does. The, 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 the function of storing fat in itself is an adaptive property. So in a situation like keto, when your body consumes protein and you are in ketosis, your body ends up doing some backwards conversion from protein to carbs, which is a really weird thing to say, and I don't want to get into semantics. It's not the most efficient process, but it works. And overall, for people that don't want to track calories and just want a simple dieting style where they're like, focus only on meat, you're good to go. It works for people. So that's, that's how people get around it. You need to be in ketosis for your body to do that. But those people that do paleo or keto, can't say that word, paleo, uh, ultimately, when they eat carbs, they're like, oh, I'm two, three sets back now. I got to get back into ketosis. And then I got it. It's a, it's a thing. That's why I just don't want to deal with that kind of dieting. One more topic on protein. People often talk about overdose. I have eaten a shit ton of protein in my lifetime. You know, I don't even want to talk about the amount of chickens I've had to probably kill to maintain my lifestyle. Um, no biological free ride, ladies and gentlemen, but that's a topic for the regular podcast. I have not experienced personally or known anybody personally that has had any sort of overdosing issues with protein. There's all these stupid 
studies about, oh, the percentage of metals that you're consuming and blah, blah, blah. Look, anything can happen to a certain degree. I'm not telling you to eat 3,000 grams of protein a day. You can do the math as to what that is. I'm telling you that in my body frame at 5'10", I've eaten as much as almost about 300 grams of protein in a day, maybe more, depending if I count all the other stuff. But, and I've never had any sort of issues. Towards the end of my hardcore dieting phase, back in 2015, I want to say, uh, when I was dieting harder than I've ever dieted in my life, my blood work was so good that my doctor asked me if I was a vegan. So, with that said, you're likely not to overdose on protein. You're just not. The metal things, you know, everything comes with a risk, and this is another thing you have to accept. I don't necessarily have any proof or experience with any of that. But thus far, knock on wood, I've been okay. So I wouldn't worry about any sort of overdosing. You shouldn't likely be on 300 grams of protein anyways, unless you're a freaking incredibly large human being. And if you're that kind of person, you probably don't need to be taking my advice. You should be getting a professional. What I mean by that, it's like you're a bodybuilding freak athlete. Okay, so we're on protein. God dang it, 17 minutes. All right, I'm going to be bitching a lot throughout this podcast. So... My caveat for protein, I would say shoot for at least one gram per pound of body weight. The goal should likely be lean body weight, but how do you know what your lean body weight is? How do you know how much body mass and muscle mass you have on you? I just feel like it's, if you're 200 pound male, shoot for about 200 pounds of protein, maybe a little bit more depending on your satiation, and you should be fine. Don't overthink it. Once you got protein locked in, you're likely eating too much protein at that level, to be honest with you. Like the, 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 the latest study I came across was, was saying one gram of protein per kilogram of body weight, which means it's far less. But cover your basis if you don't want to be stressed out about the semantics of the situation. One gram per protein, you're good to go. Ladies, you likely need a little less. Okay, If you're 115-pound women, you likely don't need 115 pounds of pro- uh, protein per day. But I will say, to be safe... And depending on how hungry you are at the end of the day, manipulate this higher or lower depending on how hard it is for you to get the calories in or how satiated you feel at the end of the day. If you're hungry all the time, increase your protein. It'll keep you fuller. Another tip for you guys on protein. As you manipulate your protein, um, all right, I'm sorry, if you diet, the longer you diet, the more restrictive you get with your calories, I highly suggest switching from powders to like physical protein, meat, because it's going to be more satiating. When we talk about satiation, that only comes from eating protein, not drinking it via shakes and smoothies. I can drink a smoothie that has 75 grams of protein, and I can still snack on things right after. Be aware of that. Next topic, fats. Fats is a little different. Fats is a little bit more dense calorically. For every one gram of fat, you're looking at about nine calories on average. So be aware that it is more dense. And so that's the thing to think about. That's why this is a math game. 
So I don't want you guys to look at fats negatively. Everybody has this negative look on fat. Fat, fat when you eat it, doesn't necessarily convert into fat in your body. It isn't a one-on-one -on -one ratio. Fats aren't a bad thing. Fats are incredibly good for you. It's also the better the fat is that you're consuming, there's higher quality fats than others. If you're eating just like, you know, peanuts, that sounded weird. If you're eating like just peanut butter for your fats, then not the best situation. This room is far less echoey. I like to walk around while I'm doing this, by the way. That's why you sometimes hear the little microphone cable clickety-clacketing. So you need to look at fats as a benefit to you. But with that said, let me get into the benefits because that's probably easier. Um, fats are definitely correlated to your joint health, whether or not you're creaky, whether or not you're poppy, whether or not you... You, you feel a little angst, whether or not you have that little bit of tissue between the fat. I mean, it's not fat, it's usually cartilage, but it ties all together. Um, I would suggest doing a little research on yourself as far as like what you consider healthy fats versus none. People love the coconut oils, people love the, the virgin olive oils, uh, but you still want, you know, the avocado oils are amazing. Uh, but do a little bit of research. You don't want a lot of the processed fats. You definitely don't want the polysaturated. You definitely want, you want to limit your, your intake of all those things. I'm not saying never to have them. I'm just saying limit the amount of shit you have. Additionally, one thing that nobody talks about is the fact that your brain health and also your hormones that are kind of, those are kind of tied together are, are directly proportionate to your fat intake. Let me repeat that. Your brain health and your hormones are directly tied to your fat intake. This is one key reason why you do not want to go too low on your fats. Ask me how I know that. <laughs> and I know that for a fact. So don't look at fats negatively. This is another tool in your diet, 100%. So with that being said, your brain, and, and, and so that fogginess you sometimes get when you're dieting, sometimes that's a lack of, of sometimes carbohydrates, sometimes fat. This goes back to getting to know your body a little bit. Additionally, your hormones, which are harder to kind of get to know, right? Those are very difficult things to know, and you won't know those till blood work. Your hormone levels are tied to the fats that you consume, so don't go too low on your fats. Stay at a healthy amount. Before we get into how much, let's talk about overdosing. You're not going to overdose on fats. I, it's just a point I, I added to all the different ones because I feel like everybody's going to want to have that question. You're not going to overdose on it. Your body's going to look at fats like part of the silo storage. So at a certain level, when you're getting too many calories in, your body's going to look at this and be like, all right, cool, we'll save those for later in case we need them. So it's a, it's a balancing point, but we'll talk about protocols shortly. So be aware of that. These are very key for you. I don't want you to look at fats negatively. Once again, things to think about. Keep in mind, brain health, hormone level, hormone, your hormone health as a whole. Um, it's over double the calories of a protein and carb. Proteins are far more efficiently because once again, that, that thermic effect, that's the word I was looking for, thermic effect of the protein. Be aware of those things. Don't look down on fats. Don't, 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 don't look down on them like that weird kid at school. Let's get into carbs. Carbs to me are the most fun to eat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> carbs to me are the most uh, f flexible and the biggest like 
variable you can manipulate out of all of them. They are the ones you will manipulate the most out of all of them because they are they're the simplest to manipulate. You can manipulate the difference between complex and simple carbs. You can manipulate high and low days. You use them for refeed days. Man, a lot of things to cover today. Dang it. This might be another hour. So let's get into that. Um, we talked about four calories per gram, same as protein. Not as flexible because, once again, you're not eating a lot of carbs and you get a huge thermic effect like the way you do with protein. So you must be aware of them a little bit more. We talk about simple versus complex because carbohydrates are a fuel right they're a fuel for your body they're the easiest way that your body can can power you throughout the day there's a different verb there's different things about carbohydrates it's a giant category right we have a, when you look at that label carbohydrates are a giant category we're talking let's talk about complex versus simple simple are very quick sugared because carbohydrates convert into sugar into your body. It uses it for fuel, and when you're nutrition partitioning, once again, the way your body distributes nutrients throughout your body, when nutrient partitioning is very optimal, your body will actually convert it into sugars and put it into the muscle bellies, which is what, what, the, what we talk about when we talk about glycogen. So it's energy stored in the muscle bellies. That's why some people, they look really good without their clothes on, apart from the drugs, it's the fact that nutrition partitioning is, is optimized to a high level where the muscle bellies look full, they look dense, they look really like, like fat bellies, right? And when that happens, that means that your body's converted those carbohydrates into glycogen. The idea, the optimal situation would be that your body would convert the glycogen, throw it into the muscle bellies, and then keep you as lean as, as possible. So you have the muscles, look at it this way, look at it like layers in the planet, right? At the top layer, the plateau, like a, I'm sorry, like the, um, the very top layer of the earth. I need more coffee. You have your skin. Afterwards, you would have, or your epidermis. Afterwards, you would have fat layer, right? Under that. And then under that is the muscle bellies, the, the muscle fibers. And under that would be kind of like your glycogen, your glycogen stores. And then you have another layer of muscle and then your bone, whatever. Anyways, my point to this is saying, that when you have good protein synthesis going, optimal nutrient partitioning with, with dieting or possibly drugs, um, your body will store sugars, convert carbohydrates into sugars, throw them into your muscle bellies. When you're talking about a complex carbohydrate, you're talking about something that has fiber in it. So if I love sweet potatoes, I will fucks hard with sweet potatoes. Ask me about my sweet potato recipe. That'll be your treat during this dieting phase, okay? Sweet potatoes are the shiznit. You can bake them. It puts out the natural sugars in them, but because they're tied to fiber, because they, they have a lot of fiber, sweet potatoes, they process slowly in your gut. So, so and that's the topic I wanna talk about later. Uh, they process a little slower, so they, they, and so necessarily all of the carbohydrates contained within that nutrition label, they're not all sugars. And so some of them are going to process slower, but also some of them your body's just not going to digest. Your body will use fiber as a way to poop. <laughs> There's actually two types of fibers, ones that kind of melt into a gel and, and kind of help things slide through your body. And there's another type of fiber that is literally that of fiber, and it helps put all the waste together into a nice little blob that slides through you. That's so graphic. Some of you hopefully are not eating. So 
write this down. It's a lot of information. So as, as your, your body will convert that fiber, it's not necessarily something that I would say affects your body as much because it is a fibrous carbohydrate. But because like I said, sweet potatoes have that sugary sweetness when you bake them, there is still some sugars in it. Without getting into the weeds of the situation, I just say count the calories like a carbohydrate, no matter if they're fiber or not. Don't overcomplicate things. So that's usually the simple way of looking at the simple versus complex carbohydrates and how you should kind of think about them when you're consuming them. All right. I don't want to get too much into that because you guys are gonna you guys are gonna get a little crazy with it. Um, we talked about glycogen storage. We talked about sugars. We talked about fiber. Uh, ultimately, can you overdose on carbs? Heck, no. Otherwise, in my youth, your boy would have done it. Mm, carbohydrates makes a boy strong. <laughs> so I'm getting hungry right now. So how much? Carbohydrates are the fun one. Carbohydrates are one of those that I would say you start off high with because those are the things you chop down the first. As, you're, as we start talking about dieting down your caloric intake, your, your carbohydrates are the easy one to cut, easy one to cut, easy one to cut. Because as you cut less and less, your body's like, whoa, he's still doing the same activity. Let's tap in a little bit into the stores, but also keep using these efficiently. So once again, carbohydrates, the most versatile tool in dieting, um, the most manipulatable, is that a word? Is that a word? Look it up. And also um, one of the tastiest. I would highly suggest that um, listening to your body when it comes to carbohydrates, because let's talk about some of the downsides. Quick, quick, quick two cents. Um, because you're on a high protein diet, if you're eating a lot of meat based protein, you're going to have to poop. It's just the name of the game. I know we talked a lot about poop today. It's just a little bit more. Go with me here. Because you need to poop, you're going to need fiber. So take a look at your bowel movements. Make sure that if they're very hard to, well, oh, that was kind of a innuendo there, huh? If they're, if they're, if it's hard to pass a movement, how about that? We'll, we'll keep it PG. Um, then you need to increase your fiber intake. If you're still coming out as normal after a few weeks of dieting and it continue to be so, you're probably doing okay. Once again, biological diversity and your, your, your genetics themselves will dictate also how much fiber you will need. Some people don't need a lot of fiber. Some people need a lot of fiber. Once again, your nutrition, your diet, your genetics. This is also another reason why I highly suggest you guys look into apps. I use MyFitnessPal for, for many, many, many years in the past. Um, I don't do the apps as much anymore, but that we'll talk about that for a different, re, uh, different time. But these things will just help you track things. Once you weigh things, once you scan things, it'll track all those macronutrients and you'll have a very good idea as to where you are. I don't necessarily trust them when it comes to the caloric suggestions or what you should be doing, but they're great trackers. So we've gotten the basics, right? Now we know why those things are important. Now we know what those things do. We're now looking at carbs, four calories, proteins, four calories, fat, four calories. We've gotten into the basic items when it comes to dieting. So let's talk about the big, the big, the big one in the room that nobody talks about, which is, Calories in, because that's done. Dieting down 
Uh, macros versus micros. Okay, I'm just checking things off. I have a lot of stuff here. So let's talk about protocols. How do we do this? What do we do? Assuming you already have your training program set, honestly, because this is a psychological burden, once again, no matter how tough you think you are, this could affect you. So unless you are a really tough individual, I highly suggest you go easy on it. I've been a psychopath in my, in my past life. What I mean by that is uh, I've been a person that just says, screw it, and then I just go into it, right? Pick a caloric number and then figure it out. Now, as an older, much wiser man, I like to think, I take a slightly different approach. Not because I don't think that you can do it, more so because, like I said, look at this like a marathon and, and you doing very minute little changes throughout the weeks is going to be far less mentally taxing than it is for you to just hit the switch and go. I, when I diet, I do hit the switch and go, but I'm still being strategic in the way I do it. When I hit the switch, when I say that, I mean like I commit and I'm committed. But it doesn't mean I'm going stupid into it and calling, cutting my calories to like a thousand. It's not what you do. So this is how I suggest you start. Once again, this all varies depending on where you're starting from and who you are as a person, whether or not you have other injuries that you need to take into consideration, whether you have um, um, health concerns that you have to take into consideration. Think about all these things before you decide you want to take on dieting, right? But this is how I suggest doing it. For most people, I would highly suggest getting a good training program. Once again, I'm not going to forget that. You need a good training program in order to keep you uh, focused. You need tra training and dieting is the key. You can't just do dieting. You can, but you're not going to get the results you want because you're going to lose the weight. You're not going to have the body you want. Training and dieting. Pick a good training program. Okay, back on track. What I would suggest doing afterwards is tracking your calories. Eat normally. Eat like you normally do. Don't overthink it. But just track your calories very superficially for about two, three weeks. I know that's saying a lot, but if you're not committed to doing that, you're not going to do this. Step away from it. Then you have a good idea. Average the calories and you have a good idea as to where you're eating, right? Let's say you eat, you, you take the three, the three weeks worth of calories. Let's say you add them all up and divide them by, you know, whatever. You want probably daily calories. So yeah, divide them by the days of the total weeks you're adding up, right? Two, three weeks worth of data, you should be fine. Um, then you get an average of what, how many calories you're eating in a day. And then you go from there. My first suggestion is, let's say for kicks and giggles, maybe I should do the math while we're doing this. I just don't want to make this a long podcast. Let's say for kicks and giggles, you, have, you, you eat 4,000 calories a day, right? There's a little math involved here. Let's say for kicks and giggles as a male, you eat 4,000 calories. You're, you're eating junk. You're drinking a lot of calories. You're, you're eating pizza every day at work, whatever, whatever. My first suggestion, my very first suggestion is get your macronutrients in line. Stay at 4,000 calories, 100%. I don't, that's a good starting point. Get your macronutrients in line. Start getting your one gram per protein per day and then figure out your fats. So let's say you are a 200-pound male because that's going to be easy, right? So you're 200 pounds times four. That's 800 calories. 
That's 800 calories worth of protein. We're doing the math at, together here. Know that you have to now consume 200 grams of protein, which is equal to 800 grams of, or 800 calories. Then what I would suggest is start with a nice arbitrary number of fats. For an average male with an average build, for kicks and giggles, I would start at 150 grams of fat. So that's 150 grams of fat times nine grams per fat, I'm sorry, nine calories per fat, that's 1,350 calories. If you add up the 800 calories to the 1,350 from the fats, the protein and fats, you're at 2,150, right? So subtract 4,000 from that, you're at 1,850 calories left, right? So then just divide the eight, it's a lot of math here, sorry guys. Divide the 1,800 leftover calories of your 4,000 by the four calories and carbs, and you're at about 462 grams, 0.5, grams of carbohydrates. Oh man, what I would do with 400 grams of carbs. You have no idea. Man, my mouth is salivating. <laughs> I'm a little, I'm in a little bit of diet head right now. 400 calories to me worth of carbs is, oh, or 400 grams of carbs is, Anyways, so that's where I would start. That gives you your protein of 200, your fat of 150, and your 462 grams of carbohydrates. I bet you most people that do this, ladies, same procedure. I'm just giving you the things that are coming off the top of my head. Same procedure. For ladies, um, since I gave you male fat intake, ladies, I would say do the same thing. Um, you're likely, let's say, going to be less caloric intake, I would imagine. Some of you ladies can eat, I would imagine. So let's say as a lady, you're eating 3,500 calories a day because you probably have some drinks in there or whatever, whatever, right? Oh, we got to talk about alcohol. Dang it. So I talked about that earlier. So let's say as a lady, you're, you know, let's say as a lady, you're going to have 115 grams of protein. So 115 times 4, that's 460. 115 grams of protein equals 460 calories. Let's say, I'm going to say for ladies, a good starting point on fat. Let's just kick some giggles. Let's just do 115 too. Just a nice, solid, even number. Um, that's another That's another 10, uh, 1,035 calories, right? And so we add that to the 400 calories of protein. That's 1,400 minus the original 3,000 calories we guessed that you were eating at, right? That's 1,500 calories, 1,565. Divide that by four again. That's 391 grams of, of carbohydrates. Once again, people, these are just starting numbers. These are just starting numbers. So everything is based upon your average for those two, three weeks, and then we just clean up your macros. Clean them up a little bit. I am willing to bet good money whether you're male or female, that just doing that alone, just swapping and increasing your protein intake is going to increase your satiation levels tremendously. And in doing so, you will likely have a harder time eating 4,000 good clean calories than you will eating the 4,000 junk calories that you're likely eating through, you know, cookies and candy and sugary drinks and, you know, terrible food choices. And then you'll start react, seeing how your body reacts. Do that for a week or two. Eat the, the nicer macronutrient breakout of 4,000 calories or for ladies at 3,000, right? 
and then see how your body reacts. Once again, keep, keep track of your stools, see how the stools are going, make sure you don't need more fiber, make sure that you're mixing up the amount of um, stuff you're eating, but eat good protein, good solid protein. If you're having a hard time eating those 4,000 calories, the first thing I would say is chop the carbohydrates. Drop it another 100. If you can't eat that many calories, drop it 100 calories. Boom, 100 calories, that's four per calories, that's 40, what, 40 grams? Where am I math at? Um, what did I say, 100 calories? Um, yeah, four, 100 calories, no, 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 my bad, my bad. Multiplied, not divided. 25, 25 grams of calories, do that. First and foremost, you gotta maintain that diet, right? Maintain that, and automatically with a good training protocol and some, some, some uh, consistency in that protein and that diet intake, your body will slowly start making changes solely because of that protein synthesis and because you're choosing to make better options. So we're there, right? We're, we're getting there. Now you, now you have a, a baseline. You started and you're working out, you're doing your thing. This is definitely weigh in and take pictures before you do any of this. Now you have your starting line. So what I would say is that every, every, you can be real crazy and weigh in every single day consistently at the same time, or you can do it on a weekly basis. The more data, the better usually, because you can start seeing a trend if you graph it. But if you choose to just do it um, a weekly basis, you're just going to see higher fluctuations in that graph. You'll still see a trend, but it's going to see it's going to be harder to see. But once again, you got to trade off between your ability to take that stress of the of the diet and the numbers versus like you getting a more consistent view of that graph. And that's what I would say do for a little bit until you start seeing a legit stagnation of your weight loss. Once again, keeping everything consistent, making sure you're drinking a good amount of water, making sure that you're sleeping as much as you can, keep all that consistent, and then you're good to go. Then you start manipulating the carbohydrates because, as you noticed, we are, have a lot of carbohydrates. A male with 462 grams of carbs or a female, I think I said I was around the same thing with a female, right? That's a lot of carbs. That's a lot of carbs. And so what I would say is... As you progress, once again, this is a long, lengthy process. So be aware, this isn't a weekend. I don't want you to shoot down all your calories. Remember why having fast and having carbohydrates is good for you. As you drop down, drop 100 calories at a time worth of carb. Well, no, 50, 50, sorry. Drop about 50 grams of calories of carbohydrates at a, at a time when you start seeing those numbers plateau after either a few, a few handful of, of days if you're tracking daily or a few handful of weeks when you're tracking weekly. Then what I would suggest, once you've dropped about 100 grams of carbohydrates, I would say tack down the fats. Um, and, and that's when you really get to learn your body. You get to learn whether or not your body's far more contingent or ne has a necessity for fats versus carbohydrates. I, my body personally can go lower on fats and I prefer and am happier with the higher carbohydrate content. But that's just me. I don't see differences with the lower fat and my blood work is still good. You will have to also self-analyze and look at metrics, whether blood or whatever, to see what your body reacts to. So here's my thing. All of this is going to be a long process that you will have to manipulate the things. I would say keep protein 
where you have it, if not increase it as you decrease things, right? Let's say you get to the point where as a male, you're only eating 200 grams of protein, I'm sorry, carbohydrates a day. You're going to start feeling a little, a little less energetic. And that's when I would say you might even start getting a little hungry. I would say if you start getting hungrier, consider adding, moving some of the calories from carbohydrates to protein. Increase your protein intake a little bit and decrease your carbohydrates a little bit. That will tweak your diet a little bit. Same thing with females. Um, I will say definitely there will be a point where you want to drop your fats as a male. Um, I would not suggest as a male going under healthily 55, 60 grams of fat. I would say stay up above that. I mean, look, I did some crazy things I do not urge you to do. And so depending on your composition, I would say you keep tweaking those down, proteins, fats, proteins, fats here and there, little by little. You don't want to go, I would not suggest for a lifestyle to go under 50 grams of fat for a male. For a female, you guys likely want a little bit more fats. Um, tinker with your diet. Once again, your genetics have a tremendous variable in this. And so I would say as a female, because you guys need more of the fat, I would say definitely stay, gosh, that's it's a, hard, it's a hard one because every woman is different. I would say, you know, 60 and above. I would say even stay towards the 80s. And then the carbohydrates are really the variable. And the end of the day, when you start getting really lean, which I'm not suggesting that you do, because it's not maintainable. Remember all of this as you're doing it. A 6% body fat is not maintainable unless you're on steroids, and that's it. And some of you that, that will peak for a show or peak for some sort of stupid reason, like the beach day, it's not maintainable. So stay at a healthy level. Find your happiness when it comes to your dieting position. You do not need to be 6% fat all your life. It just doesn't work out that way. So what I would suggest is for a male, stay about 60 grams-ish, female, 80-ish, give or take, and manipulate the carbohydrates at that level. We keep in mind, what I just suggested that you do is a tremendous endeavor and is worth a ton of weeks. I went from 462 grams of fat for male and or female, slightly different, and I'm telling you, chop those off at a 50 gram increment per week. And then when you start getting lower, you know, you start getting your 300s, you know, maybe chop, maybe chop your fats a little bit and continue to do that week in and week out till you start getting into the 60, 80 range. It's a lot of weeks. This is why, once again, you pay people to do this stuff because then you don't have to worry about it. You don't want this psychological burden of like, oh, should I do this or should I do that? Should I do this or do that? Some of this is trial and error. Some of this is learning your own body and how your body reacts to fats and carbs because the protein should stay consistent because you need that, that, that muscle building. So, once again, when you get to those bottom levels of fats, your, your carbohydrates will likely be lower. And as, as you start decreasing calories, if your time allows it, I would highly suggest that you increase your activity level. Maybe add a workout. Maybe add more cardio. That's something that I definitely would say. If you can afford to spend far more time working out and keep your calorie intake as high as possible, you'll have greater benefit as you diet down to have those things 
be as high as possible so that it's not a mentally burdening thing for you. The workouts might suck because you're spending a lot of time working out, but at the same time, you're getting to eat a lot more than someone who doesn't have the time. Pros and cons. It's life, right? That's kind of the procedure, guys. I mean, it is, it's that simple. It's that kind of basic. You will see that as you drop down the, the, the fats, I'm sorry, the carbohydrates, the muscle bellies in your and your muscles will, will deflate a little bit. And that, that'll, that'll be a little bit of a mental fuck as well. And you need to get past that because now we're going to talk about refeeds. Refeeds are fun. So refeeds are essentially like, let's say you're driving in your car and you are approaching a stoplight and you're still really far away, so you just let go of the gas and you just coast, right? Your car will keep going unless you drive a Tesla. But if you're driving a regular uh, conventional combustion vehicle, your car will just continue to coast. Well, a refeed in a dieting sense is the equivalent of you tapping that gas a little bit and then letting your car coast a little bit more. It picked up more speed and it continued getting closer without necessarily having to rev up the engine. A refeed works in the same way. When you've been dieting for a long time and you see yourself with lower caloric intake and you're getting a little lethargic, not lethargic, but like mental fog is kicking in and you just don't wanna burn any more calories and you can't fit in any more training. What I would suggest is having a refeed day. A refeed day is one day, is one day where you choose to strategically increase your caloric intake so that you get that pedal push and the added momentum. How do you do that? I would highly suggest that you do this very strategically because those muscle bellies and your fat stores are lower. And so your body's like, oh, we're on reserve mode. We're trying to survive. You're trying to, once again, you're, you're dancing very closely and very strategically with your metabolism. You're going back and forth. You're trying to do a little move, a little swing. You're trying to spin him or her, right? You're doing this dance with your metabolism and ultimately what's going to happen there is that you're trying to ramp up the metabolism so it keeps trying to lose the fat that you've got stored and continue to put on muscle. It's easier to do when you're a newbie, but you can definitely still lose fat while trying to maintain as much muscle as you can as a veteran. So how do you do the refeeds? The refeeds are as you get lower in your body, once again, lower in your body fat, lower in your calories, your muscle, you'll look a little bit more emaciated because your body's used up those glycogen stores as it's using up the fat. And so what you do is you'll have one day where you allow yourself incredibly high number of carbohydrates. So if we look at the initial preservation, the initial number for, for men here, that day, I would highly suggest if you're sitting at about, let's say 210 grams of protein, let's say you're sitting at like 150 grams of carbs and like 80 grams of fat. Let's say you're there, right? That, those are your macros. What I would suggest is for the refeed day only, one day only, you drop your protein to about 200, keep it up there, maybe even 190, just drop a little bit of calories, keep your fats where they are, and that day you eat about 500 grams of carbs. This is tricky. This is tricky because as we've kind of basically noted previously, I don't think I did actually, as you know, calories aren't just one thing. You're not going to look at a little bottle here of, of, of uh, unroasted, lightly roasted peanuts, and you're going to look at them just being fat. They have fat, they have proteins, they have carbs, they have everything. They're a mix of things, and that's what most foods are. So 
when, when you see, when you start tinkering with these things like this, you'll start realizing that trying to get that many carbs without getting the fats associated with them is going to be difficult, but that's what you do. And you're going to be eating maybe some more simple carbs. Maybe you're eating a lot more fruit. Maybe you're going to be eating a lot of things that are just maybe a little trashy, but that's okay for one time occasionally. And you only implement a refeed as you start hitting these sticking points. It is literally like once every few weeks and it's a glorious day. They're glorious days. <laughs> They're glorious days because when that's when you need it. Your body's drained, you're drained, you're exhausted. And man, those refeed days are incredible. The Rock has some incredible cheat days as he likes to call them. He gets a little way with a lot of things, let's be honest, because of his drug stack. But you, a normal mere human that don't have his sheer size and likely his work ethic, um, you, not because I don't think you work hard, more so because he's constantly doing shit. He, he gets up extremely early to work out and then he does a full day of work and stuff. And he's still, so when we talked about before, your brain using up calories, he's using probably a tremendous amount of calories. So in addition to his tremendous size and drug stack, probably, he also has a tremendous lifestyle. But anyways, I digress. You don't get cheat days. I suggest you get refeeds. So those will help you get through some, some sticking points. So let's talk a little bit about flushing. Uh, flushing is what I call, um, flushing is what I call your ability to like rebalance water. And there are some people, and I feel like also <clears throat> with age, this is a bigger factor. Your body tends to, to, to balance water out overnight. You'll get up, you'll pee, you'll, you'll balance out. You're probably, you go to the bathroom, you're likely the lightest you're going to weigh all day. The problem with that is that some people, as once again, as you get older or maybe you get really bad sleep, your body doesn't want to lose weight as a, at a consistent level. It's not a, a, a downhill slope. It's an it's a up and down and up and down and up and down. And some people flush. And what I mean is that as, as they'll, they'll be stuck and stuck and stuck and stuck and then boom, three pounds off. They'll be stuck and stuck and stuck and stuck and then boom, two pounds off. They'll be stuck and stuck and stuck and stuck and then boom, five pounds down. Some people flush. Once again, that's, that's genetics. That is your ability to, to sleep and, and be consistent with your, your training, your, your salt and potassium intake, your water intake, your ability to get enough sleep so that you rebalance overnight. I can tell you from personal experience, which is what all these last couple hours of podcasts have been, as I get crappier sleep during my work week because of my crazy work schedule, I have terrible like fluctuations in my weight. But on the weekends when I can sleep in and I tend to just flush because it's, it's my body gets enough sleep to where my water rebalances. I look better in the mornings. I feel better in the mornings I, because of the sleep probably. And, I, and my weight is far more consistent. If I can get the same level of sleep all the time, my weigh-ins will be far more consistent as they were when I was a young man and not working the way I am. So flushing is number one. When we're talking about calories, the other part I want to talk about is sugary drinks and alcohol. Alcohol, while considered a carbohydrate, we're kind of in the Q&A section, I suppose. Uh, alcohol is kind of a carbohydrate. It is actually more calorically dense than a normal sugary drink or just sugars in general. Um, and it does some weird shit in the body where your body will, will, 
will prioritize alcohol, probably because it looks at it like a poison, so it tries to metabolize the alcohol rather quickly. So if you're a person that drinks a lot of drinks, you're likely consuming a lot more calories than you think you are. Same thing with sugary drinks. I highly suggest you cut that shit out. People have a lot of issues with these artificial sweeteners, but I'll tell you what, get some freaking water or the artificial sweetener stuff because quite frankly, drinking calories is a waste of calories. And as you continue to diet down, I'm telling you, as you get from 400 grams of carbohydrates as a male and you get down to sub 200, if you get down to freaking like sub 100, which I've done and you can do as well, there's really no danger of going zero carbs or just fibrous carbs because then you're just a keto diet person. But I digress. As you get lower and lower in calories, you drinking calories is incredibly um, counterproductive. It's just incredibly counterproductive. Throw that out the window. That's not the lifestyle you want. That's not what you're going to need. This is another reason why these um, pretend natural bodybuilders and have these party lifestyles are definitely on drugs because it's the only way they could drink as much as they do, train how they do, sleep how they do, and still have 3% body fat year-round. Get the hell out of here. Um, what else little things to cover, kind of like little Q and a, when we talked about dropping, you know, 50, 50 grams of protein or or carbs at a time on your, on your carbohydrates or fats or, or whatever, fats, not so much. No, don't drop 50 at a time because 50 is a lot of grams, right? What you should technically be doing is if you're at 4,000 calories, drop about a hundred calories. And then do the math as far as how many grams of carbs that is. And it'll give you the, 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 the new parameters for your diet. You likely want to look at it calorically versus grams. Because grams tends to multiply to such a high number. If you're sitting there and you have, you decide to cut 50 grams of carbs. I mean, that is a lot, right? That's, that's quite a bit of calories versus just saying, I'm going to cut 100 calories. Should I do the math? I'm petering out, guys. I'm petering out, ladies and gentlemen. I need more coffee. I've had way too much coffee today. I mean, if we're talking about 100 calories, that's only that's only 25 grams of carbs, right? You're dropping 25 at a time. Versus if you decide you're going to drop 50, that's 200 grams of or 200 calories you're dropping at a time. That's probably not pertinent. And there's another reason why I said this needs to be a marathon, not a race, especially if you're one of these people that has, how do I say this politically correct? If you're a very large individual with a very big body fat percentage, you likely want to go slower for once again, the the skin recomposition. Men versus women. um, Some differences is that that the um, menstrual kind of up and down you guys, you ladies get, that's going to be a thing. Um, Don't let that mentally drain you. It is what it is. Um, you will come back after your menstrual cycle is over. You will find that you will rebalance again with both your your heart, your um, your water levels and your water retention and all that, and then you'll get back to back to square. So don't stress out about it. It's the nature of the beast. So that's a nice little stop stopping point. Another freaking hour, Jesus. Uh, while I do feel like I ran through the protocol of dieting rel- relatively quickly and gave you. Um, not not the best like do this if that or this if that it's very individualized depending on how your body reacts to protein and fats i'll give you an example for myself i will likely when i start dieting in the next few months weeks whatever haven't decided yet 
Um, I will take the average of my calories, break down the proteins, fats, carbs, as we talked about before. Um, my, my protein has been fairly consistent now, so it will be probably very similar. And then I'll tweak down the carbs as I tweak my activity up or down, right? I'll do refeeds as needed. Um, and I'll try to keep the fats moderate. And that's kind of, it's just kind of the trick to it. You got to play this, this, this teeter-totter or maybe this wave on a surfboard kind of game. You have to tweak the two, the, the, the more important ones, carbohydrates are the biggest, most flexible one. Keep your fats, drop your fats at some point, never go too low. Keep your protein high for satiation and your protein synthesis, but also your protein stays fairly consistent within, I would say, 20 grams of it, of each other. And if it gets to the point where your fats are really low, too low, you're breaking my rules here, your carbohydrates are very low, if not nearly low. Like if you're sub 100 and you're just not happy um, and your fats are really low, which I won't say a number because I don't want you to go too low. And once again, when I say don't go too low, don't ever, ever go lower than 35 grams of fat ever in your life, period. Not worth the repercussions. Trust me. So when you say, when, when let's say you are less than what I recommend, which I don't recommend you go under that 60, 80-ish, um, then you could drop down your protein a little bit if you don't have the time to work out anymore. With that being said, I would hope that by that level, with the, with the use of refeeds, you're getting close to your body weight. Realize that you might not have the body under the fat that you want. So once you get the body lean enough, then you can recomposition out and put on that muscle mass that you want. Let me reiterate that. You might not have the body that you want, so you likely will have to recomp the body and then put on some muscle mass with a different parameter. We can get into that if you guys want or request it. I'm not gonna talk about that today. but. The single-handedly more important part to talk about today after you've mastered all of this is recomposition. Recomposition is incredibly important. What does that mean? That means that basically your body has now gone through dieting for a number of different weeks and is tired and is exhausted and is hungry and is trying to like survive, not necessarily because you push it to the death, but because it doesn't like the fact that it has to go through this. Just like you don't have to, you don't like the fact that you have to go through this. So you, after you get done to your diet and you're like, I'm at the body weight I want to be at. I, I, maybe I look the way I want to look. Nobody ever says that. Then you have to recomp. That is incredibly important. That is almost as important or more important than the diet itself. So what is that? Because your body is depleted and tired. And, and when we talk about fat stores are probably very low and or your and your glycogen is probably very low what that means is once again those muscle bellies aren't thick and full they're just kind of like depleted and you're looking a little more stringy in your body because all of that is depleted if you just go in and say all right i'm done dieting I, i'm down to 2100 calories and screw it i'm gonna go and do i'm gonna go back to my normal diet of 3000 calories your body will say oh my god we've hit the freaking mother load in food he killed something and now we have food forever Store as much of this as possible in case this crazy fool does the same thing again. And so your body will try to store as much of that as possible. And, when, and it's a beautiful thing when your body can say, boom, store that in glycogen. But it's likely not the case if you're natural. So what's going to end up happening is that you're going to have to diet out, which means that your body will also store a lot of fat. 
And this is another reason why it's a psychological mind fuck for people. Because if you don't diet out, you get these people that are like, you're just going to gain that weight anyways. Not really. If you do it properly, you're going to gain some weight back for sure. You're not going to stay thin and vascular and your skin's going to be super thin and onto the muscle bellies. You're not going to stay like that forever. That's just not a human, the way the humans are built. Once again, steroid users. That's why I have a, I have a freaking dual personality when it comes to steroid users because they motivate a lot of people to start physical fitness endeavors. But at the same time, they're not being honest in how they're doing it. Not saying they don't put in the work, but I'm not saying they're not being honest on what the possibility is of a human and then money gets involved and things get a little weird. So you're going to gain a little bit of body fat. Be aware of that. Be okay with that. It's human nature. For those men and women that want these crazy bodies, be aware those crazy bodies aren't what you think they are. They aren't probably all natural. They're probably surgically changed. And be aware that that's not a lifestyle that you want for the rest of your life. It's nice to have every once in a while, but quite frankly, you don't want it. And as a male, I can speak from experience. As a male, trust me, women do like that look, some. But they definitely don't like the lifestyle that comes with that look. You need to find a balance in life like everything else. Same thing with you, ladies. Men like certain looks, let's be honest. But men are far less picky than you think they are. So don't think that men want these fitness chicks all the time. Men aren't that as picky as you think they are. So applies to both sexes. So let me talk about refeeds because I'm a little annoyed that I'm at another hour in. This is a lot. Um, what I would suggest doing is that now you reverse your way out. Let's say you are at 80 grams of fat, 210 grams of protein, and 100 grams of carbs. The way I would suggest doing it is adding 50 grams of, of carbohydrates every week and keeping track of the way your body looks via pictures and weigh-ins. Visually inspect yourself. Visually see what you look like as you were doing with your pictures and in your comparisons. See what your body's changes are doing. And then take your time. Take a deep breath between those things. Add another 50 grams of carbs until you start. And then little by little, add like a gram or two of fat. Gram or two of fat here, gram or two of fat there. Not on a daily basis, likely on a weekly basis. Let your body rebound. So what you're doing in doing this is that just like in the refeed, you increased... You, you increase your metabolic output, your metabolism, you started, like, if, as you're dieting, you're dancing with your partner, as, as like, you would, think of a metabolism like a, like a dance partner. You're dancing with your metabolism, you're dancing, you're dancing, and then as you start cutting weight, you start dancing slower, and slower, and slower. And then you refeed and boom, you swing that partner around, boom, you do a little twirly thing, you bring him back and you're dancing again. And then you're dieting and then you're, slowly dancing until you get really slow so in in refeeding and in, in recompositioning you're speeding things up but in recomp you want to keep things as as movement as as quickly as possible you're dancing quickly you're salsa dancing you're doing whatever okay you're moving quickly and you want to keep that going because you want to keep your metabolism as high as possible so that you're dancing super fast, burning a lot of calories, and your body doesn't need to feel the need to store things because it's already, it's going to store a little bit, okay, let me say that, but your body doesn't need to feel the need like it's starving and it's never going to get a meal again. So you're dancing, 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 you're getting a little bit more, more, more body fat, but that's okay, a little bit more, more glycogen storage, that makes you look good, 
and then you go from there until you start realizing that your body is kind of either gaining too fast and you got to trail it back a little bit or that you feel like you're gaining a little too much weight and once again psychological battle because for some of you this is going to be hard to do because it's a mental mental kind of tax to say i look i don't look good no be objective with yourself and remind yourself of what your pictures look like initially you're not that same person at least you shouldn't be so once again transition out until you get to a healthy level of fats and a healthy level of carbohydrates That was very long. This is a very long podcast. I'm just trying to wrap it up on this one, guys. Sorry. So then what? You've reached, hopefully by now, you've reached the goals. You've now transitioned out and recompositioned, and you transition out, and you have a nice caloric intake now. You can, you can take back and tailor back your diet, your training a little bit, so you're not training like a madman or woman. You're at a good balance, right? You want to likely maintain that caloric intake and that's why if some people have a hard time with this dieting style because it is kind of forever with the paleo or um or keto you don't have to think about it you just eat meat you don't have to track anything this is where the taxing thing is in this diet with that being said there are some caveats okay i don't necessarily track and i haven't tracked physically in a very long time I know where my protein intake is just based on what I was eating. I'm a creature of habit. So I just keep my protein intake really high. Um, once I start tracking, I'll have a very better idea of what it is. But I'm guessing I'm in the 200 range on a daily basis. So I keep my protein intake high. And then just through the sheer um, diet that I have, I kind of know I have a moderate to decent fat intake. I don't have to worry about fats too much. And then I eat carbohydrates as needed. Or as wanted right and if I start seeing my composition go down then you can go back and tweak it again with that being said this sounds like a yo-yo thing but it's not because ultimately through this process you're gaining a level of education where you understand things you can see things you'll also be able to pick things up more as you as you food prep you'll be able to pick things up more as far as how much things weigh you have better comprehension of what a little handful of peanuts or almonds are calorically you have a better concept of hey this piece of chicken is going to be around this or this protein you don't need to be exact you no longer need to be exact just live your life and the benefit of this is that once you've mastered something like this, you can go in and diet, quote unquote diet, right? For two, three weeks, maybe maybe a month, be a little bit more regimented. Don't go psycho into it. Go back into your train. Uh, go back into counting the initial calories you're eating on a regular basis. Make sure your macros are on point. Do a couple weeks worth of dieting. Drop the few pounds that you feel like you gained, and then go back to back to recomp and back to normal. You don't have to make this another months and months worth of dieting this is just a simple now transition into normal lifestyle so that's the quick and dirty of it It took me over two hours to give you the quick and dirty but it's a lot of information and while we can get into individual kind of suggestions i feel like i can't go every single i can't go over every single scenario in this podcast it's something that we'd have to touch on a day uh, on a base base person by person basis and so if you have specific questions that i didn't cover which i'm sure there's a ton of them um shoot me a message life generalist on instagram i would try to do my best to kind of get get some information um information over to you uh and 
we could talk there. It's just a lot of information to cover and, and covering every possibility of what can happen in this scenario is, is I could do multiple podcasts for multiple days. So um, another one last thing I'll leave you on. It is also because I, I want to cut this soon because it's very long. One thing that you need to take ownership of, once again, that word that everybody loves me to say, is your caloric intake. One of my experiences with doing this with people is that people aren't honest with themselves, let alone the person that's coaching them. I had a number of people that I've talked to where I'm like, your numbers aren't moving. Are you really working out? Are you really doing the full workouts? Are you pushing yourself? Are you really eating what you're eating? And they're like, yeah, 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 right? And then eventually it comes out that, oh, well, I'm also eating like one candy bar a week. Well, if you look at a, uh, whatever candy bar you want to look at, there are a couple hundred pounds, a couple hundred pounds, there are a couple hundred calories per candy bar, right? Depending on what those macros are. And if you eat those a couple times a week, that's throwing off your macros completely. This is another reason why drinking calories is a nightmare. Be aware and acknowledge everything that you're putting through your grill because it is a big factor. If you're choosing to consume more calories and not tracking them, it's going to throw everything off and you're wasting your own time. And it's weird because I've known people to lie to themselves. It gets, it gets pretty weird. So be aware of that so that you can make changes as needed and do what you need to do for yourself because otherwise you're just adding more time and cheating yourself and adding more you know, personal angst and misery and, and all these negative emotions that come from being disappointed in yourself and hating the situation and, and hating the time you've lost, blah, blah, blah. Humans are very good at that. Don't do that to yourself. Be honest with yourself. Take on, do the right things for yourself and make the right choices and track the things you need to track. This is why I tell you in the beginning of last week's podcast, be, be aware of why you're doing this. Have your why and take ownership of the situation because it is a big commitment. So, wow, that's it. Um, if, you, if you have questions, reach out to me. If you have um, suggestions or, or, hey, you didn't cover this or whatever, let me know. I'll bundle them together and I'll make a follow-up podcast. I don't want to do more than three of these. So I think the third will be the final kind of touch base. And then after that, we'll go from there. But that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, like I tell you guys, um, I don't do this for a profit. I don't do this for anything else. I just suggest that, you know, you might know somebody who, who needs or wants this. So reach out. Let me know. Share this with people. And uh, I appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen, listening. Uh, I'll talk next time.